You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I am your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and you're too wondrously divine and absolutely fabulously insightful and beautiful people are our co-hosts, Ron Mayer and Karen Murphy. So say hello, guys. Hello, everybody. Good evening, awesome and loving listeners. Yes. I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. When I give those introductions, and I call them wondrous and fabulous and everything else. I am not kidding. <laughs> it is the truth. Well, it's uh, only because you see it in yourself, so it's like what you acknowledge in others what you already own. Mirror image. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. Well, thank you. So on this program of Sovereign Self, we're going to talk about beliefs. Now, it's a broad-ranging topic because we can have beliefs on many things. I'll start off the trend where I was thinking of going because it was of something I read today. I read where a Jesuit priest thought that being spiritual and not being religious was just, in essence, being lazy. Because he thought that being religious was much more onerous on people, so they gave up, didn't want to go there, so they turned to spiritualism. Needless to say, I don't agree with that. He's welcome to his opinion. We hide behind our beliefs, but most don't even really know what their beliefs are. For the most part, I find people make them up as they go along, and they build them up upon limited knowledge and understanding. So even when I come across people who say they are religious, I find that they will quote and use things from their religion to suit their purposes many times, and they don't even know half of what the other text says. But the same can be said of being spiritual. There is a lot of people who claim they're spiritual, but they really haven't delved into it, and they make it far too simple and just think, oh, it's just being positive and everything's lovely and on they go. Everyone is entitled to their beliefs, that's for sure. But when we talk about belief, there is probably not a broader spectrum of anything on earth than our beliefs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Quite often we say we understand other people's beliefs, but you know it's virtually impossible to do that. Because unless you lived their life, walked in their shoes, how could you say you understood their beliefs? You can understand parts of what they're talking about, and you can understand segments of what they get into with you, but you couldn't possibly understand their beliefs if yours are quite different. While people feel very attached to their beliefs, the question comes up, why don't we allow others theirs? And that's the piece I was talking about with the Jesuit priest. Hmm. Each of us makes up our minds on what we believe, and it is very personal, but we seem to have such a need to force our beliefs on others, as if we are the only ones who are right. So why do we feel the need to judge? And feel is the right word, as it is emotionally driven. 
but it is not love. In many cases, we often hear that people say, well, I love you, but you're a sinner, or in our text, you're an abomination, but we love you. I look at that and say, really? If you did love, all you would see in anyone else is their divinity. Otherwise, you're being judgmental and you don't see love at all. A lot of this comes back to our thought process and quite often our language. Sure. We will hear people say things like, well, God says, or Jesus said this in the Bible, or Buddha told us this. They always put it out there as though it's a definitive command for everybody. It's just not so. And when you put out language on your beliefs in that format, you are probably making everyone listening to you who doesn't match your beliefs back up and go, oh, wait a minute. You're just saying I'm wrong with what I believe. <laughs> and that will get you nowhere uh, other than animosity and people going, mm, yeah. Our program is called being, you know, not being, is called Sovereign Self. And being a Sovereign Self means you have your own power. You don't want all others not to have power. You want all others to have their power as well. Mm -hmm. So being a sovereign self means you want the equality and non-judgmental on everyone else aspects, and you want them to have their own true power where they're not being manipulated or used by anyone else. And they are truly coming from a center that allows them to be aware and decide on what their true beliefs are. I would say that goes to the heart of beliefs. Where did they come from? I know I always throw this out as well, that beliefs that are taught, two is when we are younger and we don't vary from them due to family or community pressure. I don't really believe their beliefs at all. They're just parroting what other people said. I truly do admire those people who are in religions and will sit there and go, Oh, I love that. That's great. I like that. I like that. But you know what? I can't follow that because of this, 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 and this. I like people who make up their own minds and look at things from their perspective and turn it into their beliefs as opposed to just parroting what something or someone else told them. Absolutely. So that's my introduction to beliefs. Does anyone want to uh, throw a, a first thought out on it? You said absolutely there, Karen. Do you want to carry with that or not? <laughs> 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 Nothing like putting me on the spot. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I agree with, I love your introduction, Martin, on so many levels. I guess, from my perspective, I enjoy embracing the learnings from others. And I think that's what you were alluding to when you were talking about others' beliefs and listening to what they have to say and then being able to be in charge of, for themselves, what works for them and what resonates with them. And from my perspective, I enjoy listening to that. And I enjoy being very open-minded in hearing their perspectives. That allows me to yield a greater understanding of something I may not have known anything about. And then I get to move forward and make the choices that are right for me moving forward. When I think in terms of beliefs, I think of it as being very personal. And I know oftentimes we generalize about religion race, culture, learnings, all of those kinds of things. But when I think truly about beliefs, I think they are one of the most personal things that we can hold dear to ourselves. For me, and I can only speak for me personally, coming from a particular religion, would be that I do, as you said in the introduction, Martin, 
I embrace those pieces that make sense to me, that I can, that can resonate with me and my life. But there are portions, and I believe this, this may or may not be true, but my thought process is it probably is, for most in many religions that there are things that do not ring true. And rather than feeling like you're doing something wrong or you're condemning your religion, I, I think the term we've often used is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but that is to find what has meaning for you. And it doesn't mean that you get to interpret, and actually you can do whatever you want, but I'm not supporting that you interpret or misinterpret something to get away with something okay. or to make a wrong right, that kind of thing, but more to feel passion about what resonates with you and how you can live your life to be a more loving and kind human being that supports the rest of the community around you. Interesting. Interesting. For me, I would like to take on this Jesuit priest with regards to his alluding that being spiritual is somehow the result of being lazy and not adhering to religious doctrine. In the past, I have often said that we are a world that is moving towards oneness and that this oneness that I was I was talking about has nothing at all to do with sameness. That the oneness is the uniqueness of each and every individual embracing their sovereign identity, which is unique. You're, each person is, a, is like a thumbprint from God that is absolutely unique. There is no other you, Martin. There is no other you, Karen on the face of this planet. You are unique unto yourself. Now, with regards to religions, and here, don't get me wrong, I still believe firmly that people who practice religion, that there is still some good in religion, that not all the aspects of religion need to be revised. There is still some good within religious structure. However, that being said, I do want to stress that religion seeks to make everybody the same. You earlier said, and you hit it right on the nail, when people are asked to give an opinion of, of something, many, many, many times they will refer to an opinion that is actually given to them from the holy books. Rather than think for themselves, they end up parroting something that that has been explained to them in the religious books, which in many cases doesn't even make any sense any longer. That, to me, is far lazier than developing your sovereign self within the structure of a religious environment and standing alone, even though everybody else's belief systems is being parroted by the holy book, you yourself, as a sovereign individual, or me, myself, as a sovereign individual, I begin to think differently and begin to express myself differently as I get to do the work, and this is not easy, to, to say that the spiritual work that a spiritual warrior must embrace in order to become the sovereign self, that that is a lazy path. Clearly, this Jesuit has not embraced his own sovereign self. Yes, and that's why I threw in that line that we say we understand other people's beliefs, but we don't. Mm -mm. You may be a evangelical Christian. Mm -hmm. Someone else may be an Anglican. Someone else may be Catholic. 
and I'll just stick to one religion to make it simple. Mm-hmm. There are dozens of Christian churches that all have varying beliefs and reasons for those beliefs. Mm-hmm. To understand all those variations, while you're not in it, or nor have you been in it for in the other church for a long time, if at all, is I, I don't know what it is, but it's like lying to yourself. It's really strange that people hear one or two things about someone else's beliefs and they go, oh, well, they believe this and that, as though it explains them all. <laughs> and I'm going, really? <laughs> Do you not understand that they believe this and this and this and this and this and this as well? And I haven't been in that religion, so I'm just scratching the surface. Beliefs are much more in-depth than a lot of people want to give them credit for. Even when it comes to, as I was just saying, even just to come to the Christian beliefs, mm-hmm. they are much more in-depth from one Christian religion to the other on many levels mm-hmm. than, than people give them credit for. So when you spread that out to other religions and beliefs, it's like, whoa. And I would agree with you, Martin. I think that uh, people on the ground, you and I, Ron, the people in our universe that are speaking, right? I think we all see that. I think that those that may perhaps, and I don't know for sure, that don't see that is more propaganda. It's more about generalization from a propaganda perspective. As I speak to numerous people from a variety of different religions, race, cultures, and creeds, mm-hmm. we have our own independencies in of our own religions or wherever we're coming from. So I think the moral majority, this is my perception only, that the moral majority of people see exactly what you're saying, Martin. I think that what we're hearing is propaganda. No, I've, I've heard it from a lot of people when they talk about other religions. Okay. I see it too. People feel very attached to their beliefs, and that's understandable. They've, they've built them all their lives, and they've spent years, in a lot of cases, fomenting why they believe what they believe. I mean, we do that, and we try and explain why we believe what we believe. But I don't understand the aspect where people don't want to allow others to have a differing belief than theirs. That is a result of religion. Religion seeks to make everybody the same, including, in some religions, to go out and convert other people to your way of belief. Oh, yes, yes. But to be fair, and and we've seen it on some programs, you and I, Ron, where people are atheists, Mm -hmm. but they're just as vitriol in there Mm -hmm. trying to convert people to their belief. (laughs) So I'm not sure it's religion. Well, I think I, people's beliefs make a lot well, of people I'm, I'm, that way. I'm just saying the vast majority on the planet, yeah. people, most people believe in a religion of one type or another. Yes. The number of spiritual people is far, far less than the members of a religious organization. Religion still has a huge impact on people's beliefs. Yes. And, and as I said, we're moving this new paradigm that we're moving into It's the embracing of the sovereign individual. It's the embracing of your own personal belief system and not demanding anybody else adhere to it. It's an unconditional acceptance of other people's beliefs. And if that Jesuit says that that's an easy and a lazy way to go about being spiritual, again, he needs to try it. It is not an easy road to to take. I remember at one point, This must have been about 25 years ago. I was about five years into 
my spiritual awakening when it was said, and I can't, I, I can't remember who said it. He, the person came forward and said, if you had known in advance just how difficult becoming your sovereign self was going to become, most of you, if not all of you, would have hightailed it out of here and said, no, I'm not doing this. And after the 25 to 30 years of being the spiritual warrior and embracing the new paradigm of we create our own individual realities, I can tell you it requires every ounce of strength that you will have. In fact, in order to be successful, there is nothing that you can hold back on. You will need every ounce of strength. You will need all the courage. You will need all the fortitude in order to overcome the fear-based thinking that, unfortunately, many religions have forced their members into accepting. Right. Thoughts, Karen? I'm just thinking that we're, we're probably all saying similar things, but from yep. a different perspective. Oh, as usual. And that's, <laughs> my, yeah. that's it, exactly my point, is that yeah. we will each come from and see a different perspective. And that is where unity comes from. Right. This is what gives resilience to a community, a community of individual thinkers rather than a community of thinkers that think the same. Mm-hmm. It will survive well, far more during these tumultuous times because you're, you've got people willing to think outside the box. Yes. I unfortunately do not remember the gentleman's name, but and I won't even get it dead right. But he was speaking to various congregations about beliefs and various things. He knew that one of the things that religions quite often put out is don't associate with other religions because they'll dilute your beliefs or turn you away from the true belief or whatever. And he said, you know what? I never liked that. And he said, I've gone out all my life and talked to people of other beliefs and uh, religions and sat down. And he said, you know what happened? He said, I made friends. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, thought, and I think there you go. <laughs> Martin, that's beautiful. I, I think of religion and I've never been one, except for my younger years, to kind of conform to sort of any one particular religion. Mm. But what I have done over my span of a life, and for our listeners, I'm only 21. I have to keep putting that in. Um, but in my many years... <laughs> Strange belief you got there, Strange Kara. Belief. I know, I know. It's a, it's a holograph. All but right. I think my thought process is, is I think that, and I can only speak again for myself, is that I look at religion as a basis, a foundation. Mm. And from that... I look at a number of different religions for those that I'm understanding of and those that I'm still learning about, and I embrace what resonates with me. And when I say that, it, I do that in accordance with coming from my heart center, not what makes me or allows me to do something, oh, gee, I'd really like to do this, and this religion says it's okay, therefore I think I'll follow with this religion. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about coming from your heart center and being true to your sovereign self and being who you truly want to be. And from that perspective, I like to open myself up to a number of different religious beliefs and take from that what resonates from me and what I can interpret. And then I love embracing, acquiring the knowledge from other people within those beliefs. To your point, Martin, some that are very strong within it, some are hold it near and dear to the heart, and some that say, gee, parts of this work for me and parts of it don't. I love engaging in those conversations 
because it helps me to understand where I want to be. And from my perspective, it always comes back to being my sovereign self. Mm-hmm. And that I, embraces I, many religions. Yeah, and, and, I'd like, and with regards to the sovereign self, we have talked about the keys to mastery and the aspects of the, and the principles of these keys. And this is what I look for when I go to another denomination or religion when I'm engaged in that. These principles are where I look to find coherence and, and co- to co-join with these people with the basic principles. Everything else, all of the other stuff I find fascinating, but it's, it's only the principles that truly matter. It's mm-hmm. the principles that will see you through anything. If you practice the principles of, of mastery, so I look to religions to see where these principles have been hidden. Mm-hmm. And that's where I would like to, that's where we find common ground. Yeah. For me personally, in sorting through various other religious beliefs, I only boil it down to one thing, and that is love. loving. Yes. Does it come from love? Does it mm-hmm. propagate love? Does it push love out there? And love, as I said before, is many forms. It's bringing joy, it's bringing understanding, unity, freedom, all of those things. The principles. The principles. And I look at it and say, okay, that statement is hateful. It's calling you to hate other people and kill them if they don't follow what you follow or kill them because they're planting, you know, as it said in Leviticus, two crops in the same field. And I'm sure that the founder of that religion had no intention behind that distorted thought. No. Those distorted thoughts have happened after the religion was born. Yes. And that's why I always take all beliefs back, as you said, to the principles. What parts are promoting love? Mm -hmm. And I go to those. And the rest that aren't, I don't go to them at all. Agreed. Wholeheartedly. I'm with you on that, Martin. It's not a hard principle to follow when you're looking at beliefs, even your own. Which ones are bringing love? And acceptance, and which ones are bringing hate and separation? Exactly. That's the divisor for me mm-hmm. in totality. That's exactly what I look at. I embrace those that do. Yeah. And the rest, I, well, I will appreciate someone else's perspective. I'm not in a position to judge somebody else. However, it does not resonate with me. Therefore, I do not engage in it. <clears throat> yes. And that brings up an interesting piece, too, on the judgment of people. You have to understand, at least from my perspective, I say that everyone's at a different level of understanding. Everyone's at a different level in their life of being expanded into their higher selves, as we say. Mm-hmm. Some people are naturally less expanded than others. It doesn't make them any worse. It doesn't make them anything other than just being where they are god and where they are yeah Yeah. so just because you're expanded and understand an area better than others doesn't mean you should put them down because they don't because as i always say someone can always come forward and put forward understandings that you don't grasp and put you down and what does that achieve nothing Mm -hmm. it actually achieves you from not going there because you'd probably be angry and not want to look at those things so you'll never expand into your greater self because you're so angry at someone calling you an idiot because you didn't get them. You won't go there. Okay. So that achieves nothing. All it does is it achieves people stalling and not moving forward through and hate re- and, and reinforces their, their understanding of superiority. 
Exactly. Which is why I think when I talked earlier in the show about I enjoy having those conversations because it gives me an opportunity to embrace something that is perhaps somewhat foreign to me. Uh And then I have a choice to make coming from my heart center and my belief system that says, where do I want to go with this? But it doesn't cause me to get angry. It doesn't cause me to feel like, oh, you are over there and I'm over here. Mm -hmm. It just causes me to say, wow, there's something I was not aware of. And I can make a choice as to whether or not I want to participate in that thought process and whether or not it nurtures my heart center. Yeah. When you do speak to other people and you latch on to those loving parts that resonate with both of you, it's better to sit there and say, wow, that's fabulous. I love that from when they say something like that and say, how do we help have that grow within us? How do we make that even better and stronger within us? That's an amazing place to come from as opposed to, well, that's just stupid. I've never heard yeah, anything silly. so ridiculous in my life. <laughs> you get that out of that. Stu- that's not even a holy text. What are you talking about? Yeah. How do we, how do we mesh together and collaborate in the forethought of oneness moving forward to make this planet a better place for all of us? Well, it, it all depends on how strong you are in your belief system. If your idea is to continue to grow strength, to grow stronger, to refine your belief systems with principles that work. It will empower you. Once you are empowered, you don't need anybody else to believe in what you believe in right. to continue with that power. You are empowered. You you simply are empowered. And it's at that point that you were wishing and hoping that other people would embrace the same thing, that other people would embrace their power. And the flip side to that, of course, is when you come across someone who has a different belief than you do, if you're being open and coming from your heart and you're going, oh, I don't behave that way, but I can see where it's a better route, that you can embrace that and go, hmm, time to change. <laughs> exactly. Or conversely, if you come across someone and you say, gee, that does not resonate with me. We don't have to sit in judgment of them and continue to be who we are. And I'm forever encouraged by the ripple effect of continuing to be your Mm -hmm. sovereign self. Wherever you are in the path actually helps others to get there. It was interesting. I Many, many years ago, I was sitting at a table with Grandmother Parisha when she asked me about a specific thing. And I can't remember what it was, but I went and said, well, this is what I believe. And it was clearly not something that she embraced or endorsed. Her reaction to to me at that point was, Gohat, do you truly believe that? Was the only thing that that she said. And I said, of course, yes. And all she said was, hmm. And then it turned the conversation in another direction. There was no objection. There was no Goha, you can't possibly believe that, that, you know, do you see where that is going to lead you down a a path you don't want to go? There was no criticism. There was simply allowance, allowance of the difference. Mm -hmm. Yes. That to me was an indication of just how powerful grandmother was. Right. That she did not need to make me believe in something, make her feel useful or to make her feel that, you know, that why she could possibly be in my life. She simply allowed me to have that belief system. Right. 
And that's what being your sovereign self is, is as you said, when you get step into more of the power of being your sovereign self. Now, I've got, I do have a question though. Yeah. When you first emerge on the spiritual path, mm-hmm. and it's like being a newborn baby, a newborn child, there is, oh my God, the, this concept of you create your own reality. Oh my God, what could I possibly do with the core belief system of that? You're like a, can- a kid in a candy shop. There, you know, I've got to try this. I've got to try this. I've got to try this. You are so enamored with trying everything that there is almost a need for guidance. Mm-hmm. When grandmother took us on as uh, apprentices and she began our exploration into the fourth dimension, there was a necessity to have markers because you're entering an area that is, your reality is a ball, and the fourth dimension is all the atmosphere that's around that ball. There's no limits. You don't see any limits. So you can virtually go anywhere, and when you get into exploring other dimensional reality fields, and it's the first time that you've engaged in this, sometimes it is wise to have a teacher there that can give you the benefits of her own experience or their own experience. And this is where many of her stories of her life truly served a purpose and a function for those of us just venturing into this wondrous world of creating our own realities. Mm -hmm. And there's many layers to that. Mm -hmm. After we're still working on it, but working on it for many, many years, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of things that I didn't understand, but I thought I understood, but it didn't work. So you get into a lot of situations, and I know, Karen, you and I have hit this on many courses we've been on and listening to other people on those courses. Yes. There's pieces they don't understand that they've trapped themselves into a corner, but theoretically they know they shouldn't be trapped, but they made themselves uh, trapped through a lot of their own beliefs and where they were coming from, creating their own reality. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest ones on that, but I don't want to get into a topic, is a lot of us come from a place of lack. Mm -hmm. But it's the same as I was saying about beliefs in themselves. Why do people pretend to love? If they did love, they would see divinity in everyone. They wouldn't be judgmental. They wouldn't be this. They wouldn't be that. There are some very simple things from love that break you out from being trapped in all the things that are going on in your life that you're finding very uncomfortable and don't like. Mm-hmm. And, and love is definitely one of them, and it's not trite, because love is a word I know. Most people should know, or I hope most people know, what coming from their heart means towards someone. It means being empathetic, it means being compassionate, it means being understanding and joyous for them, and a thousand other things all along those lines of positive. When you can move yourself there, away from separation, away from getting stuck in your beliefs and everyone else is wrong, away from the whole right and wrong. It, it is a major step towards becoming yourself self in many ways. It is also a step that will move you out from being trapped in so many things you feel you're trapped in. So it's very interesting that beliefs go to the heart also of manifestation and what you desire in your life. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was taught by grandmother was that there are three stages that you will go to when the sleeper awakens so to so to speak the first is the first stage is as a sleeper 
you are unconsciously unconscious. You're going about your, your everyday life, but not recognizing anything other than the surface reality. Mm-hmm. There's nothing deep within. The second stage is to become unconsciously conscious. And here is where all of the work that the Jesuit priest seems to think that there is no work, but this is where all the work begins to happen. Here, you are aware that you are aware, that you actually can see yourself, that the observer is awakened, Mm. and you can actually begin to observe yourself. This is where the difficult work lies, because at this point, you begin to uncover what you're holding in your unconscious states. This is where you're trying to bring all of those unconscious ideas and beliefs into conscious reality so that you can assess whether they work for you or whether you're to let them go and pursue other beliefs. Then the final stage, of course, is the consciously conscious person. And this is where I look to the full established self-sovereign being who who stands in their own power requires no one else's power, and in fact, their main objective is to have people become power. So they help to empower people, and they are completely taking responsibility for everything in their life. Mm -hmm. Now, those three stages that I've just mentioned, this is the path work. This is the work to, to becoming your sovereign self. And it is not an easy path because you will have to look at every fear that you have. Most religious people would rather not have to look at that and mm-hmm. then just point to the book and say, well, this is what it says in the book, so I'm just going to yeah. – this is my belief and that's all there is to and, it. And that's stage one. <laughs> and, they're, and they're continuing in stage one. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is, is with the spiritual evolution, the planetary evolution, everything, right now we are in the midst of an ascension cycle, which means all of these spiritual energies from all of the dimensions, one through nine, are all coursing through the planet right now. They're available, which means expanded states of consciousness are also available to those who are open to exploring them. Right. That was well said. I like that. Thank you. Very good. And before I say anything more, uh, Karen, you've been quiet there again. I'll, uh, is it me putting Karen on the spot tonight? <laughs> I, love, I love listening to the dialogue between the two of you. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. I think one of the things that resonates with me most when the two of you are talking, and I hope our, our listeners are feeling this as well, is that becoming your sovereign self is a personal journey. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a very personal journey. And everyone has their own path to follow. There are lots of avenues to explore. Ron talked to us about a person that he admires, Grandmother Parisha. And we talk about various things that have enlightened us along the way. But I encourage everyone to find your own path because it is very, very personal. And to acquire the knowledge that you want to have to make this journey the best for you. Yeah. As I said, as you move through those three stages of awakening, you will finally realize that finding the path isn't truly what is happening here. You are creating the path moment by moment by moment. When you awaken to the point where you recognize that, freedom will be granted you that you 
here to would never even consider you would most people don't understand the kind of freedom that the spiritual path can actually offer the individual right which interestingly enough and i won't harp on religions too much but a lot of religions give you the reverse Mm -hmm. no freedom to go there and that's that's why i say i admire so much people i know who are religious and go to a certain church all the time but have the where for all to be aware and say no that part doesn't resonate with me i'm not going there I'm with you on that, Martin. I I hear that every day with people that I speak with all the time. And it's very enlightening and it's very freeing to think that, gee, we all have minds of our own, souls of our own that are going down a certain path and we are not being led by others. Yeah, well, they're expanding into phase two. Mm-hmm. Yay! <laughs> and the, the thing that is, is there were there was a time when I it was like, oh, I want to grab the world by the ears and shake them, you mm. know, awake, awake for crying out loud, wake up. That again was a judgment on myself. That was a, there was a, there was a need there, and of course, any kind of a need is an illusion. Right. And I, I truly had to look at why was I trying to so hard to awaken everybody else. Yeah that i went through the same thing that to me is why this topic and talking about what that jesuit priest said and whatnot is so important is because we've been through that mm-hmm. and we've come to the realization that that is not the route to go and we understand why now and, See, and, and for me that. i'm and, still going through that i haven't completely let go of that idea yet <laughs> well <laughs> you know. for, for me i keep thinking wake up wake up grab your own ears karen you need to wake up more see i I take it on a very personal level it's i actually think of it as my awakening and while i i love that we share and we i I think we do an incredible job listeners please i hope you think we do as well (laughs) but our vision is to help wake others up as we are waking up and truth be told there's a little bit on my side that says karen wake up yeah and keep waking up. And I embrace that every day because I've got, and I can say this personally, I've got so much more awakening to do. I love the journey. I love the path. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. It's so real. In, in many cases, it has its, the best way I can say it is it has its peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. Some days you feel like, wow, I feel like I really got this. I really got this sovereign self thing down pat. I know to be coming from my loving heart center. Got it. I know not to be judgmental. Oops, I slipped there. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. let me try this. I know to be loving. That comes fairly natural to me. I know to embrace others. Okay, cool. I know to check out knowledge. Oh, you're not really sure about that. Okay, time to go check that out. So it's like this little wooden path and there's all these forks in the road. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, which one do I take next? Which one do I take next? Mm -hmm. It's very exciting in many ways. It's interesting. I was just following a thread on Facebook today where these spiritual people were, in particular, there was one that was being kind of judgmental. Now, it was interesting because he originally didn't start the conversation being judgmental. He was starting it from a state of being an observer. So he was observing something. But somewhere down the line, he got emotionally triggered. And when he got emotionally triggered, this is when the do's and don'ts and the not accepting and allowing 
started to happen. Oh, yeah. We've all been there. Mm -hmm. So to our listeners, I would say, become the observer. It is okay to, to, to note the difference in paths between various people. That is not a judgment. The judgment is what do you do with your observation? Exactly. Good advice, Ron. When we're walking that path, Karen, and there's all these branches, it's funny, I've always looked at them as a long corridor with millions of rooms, and you can open <laughs> any door and explore any room and then go back along the path. Mm-hmm. And, and I always regard that path, that hallway with the millions of rooms as my path, right. even though it's a straight line, there's all these rooms, so it's not really a straight line. It's interesting. Everyone can choose a room to go into and explore, mm-hmm. and because in a lifetime, it's hard to explore all, all 10 million rooms or whatever. We each explore the 10,000 we're going to. But because we each have those experiences of those rooms where other people don't, we have insights that other people don't. And I always look on that as a good simile to where how everyone comes to their own beliefs and conclusions and where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And that but you have to remember you haven't been in that room, so you can't comment really. You know, and Martin, you're absolutely correct. It's interesting because your perception and my perception of the same path or the the path to self-sovereignty, Right. I see it in a wooded area right. with forks along the way, and you see it as a corridor. Mm. There's just a perfect example of how two people joining on the same path come from two different perspectives mm-hmm. to the same journey. Yep. And how do we mesh those two together? Cool. Yeah. It's, it's as we said, being non-judgmental and being actually what we should be with everyone who has a belief, regardless of what it is and how different it is than ours, we should be joyous for them. Mm-hmm. If God allows everything because he has given us free will yes. to do with as we wish, whether that is follow the path of joy and the path of expansion or the path of sorrow and the path of contraction, he does not judge. No. He allows. So, as I said earlier in another program, be very careful what you believe God to be, for you will become it. Mm-hmm. If your God is an all-allowing being, which mm-hmm. I truly believe that our Creator is, then you will eventually become an all-allowing being. Which means that when you observe somebody doing something that you don't understand, there's no need, there's absolutely no need to criticize or to try to control this other person because they're doing something that you don't, you don't understand. It was like what Martin said, look to that person and say, oh my God, he's doing something completely different. Where's, where can I see joy in that? Where can I see yeah. the principles mm-hmm. that will actually embrace? The differences is where we will find our unity, folks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it, you know, and I think this is really a great topic. I love this topic this evening mm-hmm. because I think it, it allows us to expand our perception of things because mm-hmm. we all see things either visually or literally or however resonates with us. Mm-hmm. And I, I can say for myself personally, having been born and raised a Roman Catholic, one of the tenements were be fearful of God. And I'm sorry. For many, many years, I lived that way. I Mm -hmm. lived that way. And today, I'm thrilled to feel expanded enough to say, I don't fear God because there's nothing to fear from God. Because God loves me exactly the way I am because of my free will. 
and because of what I've been given. And so, Ron, when you articulated that, that really resonated with me, mm-hmm. and that made sense. So it does not – here's a perfect example of a religion that I will not say I do not believe entirely in the Roman Catholic religion, mm-hmm. but I will say I cannot embrace fearing God. No, That's you're... not something I can embrace. And it was never something, because many people believe that the book, the holy book, whether that be the Torah, the Bible, whatever, that it was specifically from God, and that not one word should be altered because that would be sacrilegious. And I'm, I'm looking at that going, that, that is absolutely insane, because there is a huge amount that has been distorted by man to create fear, separation, judgment, control, um, control. All of those aspects, which, by the way, were actually created by an elite human portion of our humanity, and exists right to today. We're still seeing the powers that be, the media, everything, trying to instill fear and trying to instill race hatred and bigotry Mm -hmm. as if that is somehow godly. Yes. The only thing I'll say there is... I agree with you. That's not a path I would want to go along. Mm. But there are many who are at the moment. And you know what? It's an odd thing. And I know I can't do it because people would probably punch me if I did. When people talk about their religious beliefs, and it reminds me of when I was approached out front of my building by Jehovah's Witnesses, and they were trying to talk me into something. And I said, no, I'm sorry. I don't believe that because of this, this, and this. And they were getting a little wrangled with me, not agreeing with them. Mm-hmm. And all I wanted to do was, when I faced that, is laugh, not at them, but with them, sort of laugh, give them a hug, and say, God bless you. But you can't do that. People take umbrage to that type of thing. But in reality, I'm getting to the point where that's all I want to do with people with different beliefs, is just laugh with them and just give them a hug and go, great, go for it. And also, <laughs> I just want to, with religion, we sometimes have a tendency to sound like we're knocking religion. And I'm saying there's a vast majority of unconsciously unconscious people Mm. still looking to the good in religion, still looking for love, still looking for forgiveness when someone trespasses, still looking for the principles that support them in their life. Mm -hmm. And religions do have these. They were all originally founded on one or two or three of the of the core principles of mastery. Mm-hmm. They all contain them to a certain degree. So when you're dealing with unconsciously unconscious people, I don't want to incite a paradigm shift where they go into, into shock because the realization of what they are about doing it will be far too great. Theirs is a gradual process that hopefully there will be enough time where they can begin to establish a sense of self. I think that's a really good point because I I don't think at any point in time we've ever, and I'm glad you brought this up because I don't think at any point in time we've ever suggested in our show, Sovereign Self, that we are anti-religion. So I'm glad you brought that up. I don't see that at all. Mm -hmm. I think what we've always done is said, be open to whatever your beliefs are. Why I'm saying that is in certain fanatic elements within religion, if you don't believe in everything, you are against it all. Okay. Yeah, but I, 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 would, I would agree, Ron, that there, there may be some fanatic elements. processes or elements there. Yes. I don't think we have ever 
supported that. No, I no, think and I that agree with we've, you, no. Yeah, I think we've always been very, very clear that we believe in God. What we do is we've never actually, except for on occasion, on different shows, we, we may or may not have said which religion we're from or what our background might be. Mm-hmm. But I don't but I, think we've ever supported one no, or the other in religion. But I know. In the slightest criticism of some of the elements of religion, mm-hmm. there will be people out there that think that we are the fanatics, that we are somehow condemning everything. And that isn't the case. And I'm no, and that's, that's not our intent at all. And I guess we've done it a lot on some of the programs. I know I bring up various things in the Christian mm-hmm. religion a lot. So when someone uses a phrase or a clause in the Bible to ferment hate, mm-hmm. I always bring up, judge not lest you be judged. Yeah, turn the and the second greatest commandment is love thy neighbor love as you love thyself. And everything Jesus preached, if you go only to those sections of what Jesus said in the Bible, they're all very loving and accepting. The one thing with that last statement, if you don't love yourself, that yeah. does that give you the right to unlove other people. <laughs> no, that's certainly not my interpretation of no. that. Again, this is where beliefs are so important that yeah. people scrutinize their belief systems. Right. And that's the thing is the Bible, for instance, is a very complex book. But I always say the problem is that so many people just pick and choose parts that suit their purposes at the time. So they're not really following it at all. And in some ways, that's good. If you're picking the principles and ignoring the hate oh, yeah. propaganda, but, then that's good. Yeah, but, but then they don't. there's also the other side. <laughs> yeah. There are other people who will pick the, the hate propaganda in order to exact the revenge, as opposed to taking responsibility for themselves and, and saying, no, it's within. Yeah, and I've always maintained the Bible contains many, many sections that just talk about love, mm-hmm. how knowledge is important, and how yeah. charity is important. And all of the religions, when they were originally created, these were the re-legions there were originally 12 books that from the 12 cloisterdora plates that were presented to mankind today we only have a few of the major ones that are left with christianity we have buddhism we have uh, um, hindu hinduism but each one of them almost held a piece of the spiritual puzzle mm. and it was the people that was introduced to that were to carry that particular piece of the puzzle. And eventually, all of the pieces of the puzzle should all fit together. Mm -hmm. When they don't fit together, this is when the pieces of the puzzle themselves have been distorted. Their shapes have been distorted. This is why none of the religions agree at this point. If the religions were to actually look at and re-establish the principles that they were originally founded on, All of these religions would fit beautifully together. Yes, that's true. There is so much that they have in common at the base. Mm -hmm. Belief system that all this superfluous stuff that people like to throw in for their own gain or selfish need is sorely distorting Mm -hmm. the picture. And that brings it back to love. If it isn't coming from love, then it isn't coming from God. Exactly. (laughs) It's almost like, as I said, once you enter into the interdimensional world of the fourth dimension and up, there are certain principles or markers that are needed. It's like, as I said, my third reality was a ball. And then when I entered into the fourth dimension and up, it was the atmosphere, which was endless Mm. outside that ball. There are literally trillions and, and trillions of paths that you can create. 
This is why it's always been suggested in the past that you find a person, a master, who has actually done the work. And as what grandmother used to say, find someone that has done the work and you feel good with, and then mimic them. Do what it is that they do, and then discern for yourself whether or not doing what they're doing is working for you. If it works, then you've gained, you're, you're moving forward. If it doesn't, then let it go. Yes. But there are trillions of ways into this, and there are just as many paths down as there are paths up. This is where you need to be awake and you need to be aware when you enter the path of the sovereign self. Yes, I've been told by a few masters similar stories. If you want to emulate someone who was empathetic, mm -hmm. find someone who you believe is very empathetic. Watch mm -hmm. them, see how they behave, see how they do, see how they react, and begin to think about that, become aware of how to get there. And the idea is to do it. There is the mm -hmm. only way to gain your wisdom is through your own experience. So whether you choose to go blindly and choose your way, which is very difficult, or whether you choose to follow a spiritual master for a certain length of time is just an individual choice. Either yeah. way, it must lead you to your own self-sovereign individual right. Yes. Karen? I think that you guys have done an amazing job. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I thought you'd be so. I thought you'd be shell shocked. No, no. <laughs> I, I just said thank you. That loving thank you. I think, from my perspective, just to, just to say a few words. I was just joking there. I well, think thanks. for <laughs> no, I wasn't joking about you guys did a great job. <laughs> I was thinking for our listeners. What resonates with me is: can we not move forward, embracing our differences? Follow your heart. Come from your heart center. And know that your choices not only affect you, but affect everyone around you. So be conscious, be consciously aware, as aware as you can possibly be. And then move forward and know that you are doing the best you can do as you go along this path. Never recriminate yourself. About exactly. Because you'll just be recrimination for your whole life. No matter what happens... I love what Donald Walsh had once said, that everybody, everybody on the planet is always doing the best that they can. Yes. When you're not doing the best that you can, you could not do anything else but that. So that is indeed the best that you can be at that moment. Right. Exactly. And that's a great thing to remember when we judge others and say, oh, they're horrible. Or when we attempt to judge ourselves for not being any better than what we think we should be. Yeah. And we ought not judge either. Mm -hmm. You can observe, but watch with your emotions. If you're emotionally reacting to your observations, then mm -hmm. you're going to lead yourself down the path of judgment. And the fact remains that as you go into observer mode, when you observe something, not particularly of others, because I, I do not support that we try to change others, no. but... When you are reflecting in an observer mode, if you see something that you yourself are not doing, this is the moment to change it. Mm -hmm. Don't berate yourself. Or don't say it was bad or wrong or whatever. But it acknowledge it and move forward to make change. And where required, I would highly recommend, at least this is just from my own perspective, make amends and then move forward. But do not hold any guilt. You, right. could, you could never do anything different unless you observe what you are doing right now. 
right. to judge what is bringing you the lessons needed for change is kind of like shooting yourself in the foot. Right. And on that note, oh, are we there? Have less than a minute to go. <laughs> roughly. Okay. So okay. I thought I'd throw that in before we went over time. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, I have nothing to wrap up other than become the observer, but don't get emotionally attached and espouse love as much as you can this week. Yes, exactly. And I just want to wish everyone a fabulous week and hope you enjoyed us enough to tune in again next week. And remember, your beliefs are yours and other people's beliefs are theirs. This is no reason to criticize their beliefs because they are coming from their life's experiences to the point they are at, just like you have. Each of us makes up our minds on what we believe, and it is indeed, as I said at the beginning of the program, very personal. God created us with free will so that we could make up our own minds and we could follow our own paths. Why do we not follow God and allow this? to be so. Nevertheless, be aware enough to make sure those beliefs work for you and are not there just to appease others. No one knows better than you what beliefs work best for you and come from your heart. You are divinely unique. Don't throw it away. Have an amazing week, folks. And by the way, we would love to hear from you on our Facebook page, we're on facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. So as Karen says, yeah, please put your comments in and we'd love to hear from you. Thanks folks for listening. Much love to all. Thank you for listening to the sovereign self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Sovereign Self. See you next week.